I want to share with you uh, from one verse in the book of Isaiah. But before I read it, I just want to give you the background of what was going on. God's people were in real trouble. They were in real trouble primarily because of their disobedience. And because of their trouble, many of God's people, in hope of turning their situation around, turned to idols for answers. And they began to uh, uh, mold and make out of their own hands idols that they began to pray to and, and to seek after for direction, hoping that their situation would turn. And through the prophet Isaiah, God told them, of course, that their idols could not and would not save them. And then he said this, in Isaiah chapter 57, the latter part of verse 13, God said this, but whoever trusts in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. Whoever trusts in me, the word trust there uh, literally means flees to for protection. The one who puts their hope fully in. So God is saying, whoever runs to me for protection, whoever puts their hope fully in me, will, there's the promise. Remember, I just said a few moments ago, whenever you see God says, I'm, I will do something, that's indicative of God saying a promise, giving us a promise, something that we can build our faith off of. And I just want to, let me just digress for a moment here and, and say this. Faith doesn't get built on commandments. It gets built on God's promises. When you read a promise from God, that is nourishment for your spirit to build up your faith. Because your trust now is in God's faithfulness to say, God promised to do something, and God is not a man that he shall lie. God has never failed to fulfill any of his promises. Therefore, I can trust in him. I can fully put my hope in him and run to him for protection. And God said, those who do that, he now gives a dual promise. Number one, he said, they will inherit the land. There's a physical blessing that will come their way. And then number two, they will possess my holy mountain which is symbolic for a spiritual blessing. And the reason why this thought is resonating so much in my spirit for all of us tonight is because no one can dispute that we are living in troubled times. I mean, when you look at uh, the obvious situation, I know uh, because of the pandemic and, and all of that, that that's created, all that goes along with that, uh, the, the, there's all of these physical 
problems as, and troubles as a result of the virus. Uh, there are all kinds of illnesses that are going around uh, that we're battling. Uh, there are, there's, on top of that, there's the continued violence that uh, is erupting. Uh, this, as you, I don't know if you heard again, but this morning in, in San, uh, in, not in San Diego, uh, San Jose, there was another mass shooting where a gunman killed eight people and wounded others. And this year alone, we have more what they call mass shooting. A mass shooting is where anyone more than four people are injured. This year alone, we've had more mass shooting than any time in our history put together. It just seems like people have lost it and are breaking emotionally, mentally. Violence is all around us. Financial problems are, are, are all around us. These are the physical troubles that we have. Then we have the, the spiritual troubles. Because I believe that much of this violence is due to a spirit of anger. We've got people angry more than ever before and, and, are, and don't know how to handle that anger or it's consuming them. We've got a spirit of prejudice that is in, in our midst like never before. I mean, it's always been there, but now it's right in your face type thing. We've got a spirit of immorality. We're, we're battling all kinds of uh, uh, things that are against God and against his word. These are the troubled times that we, the people of God, find ourselves in. And, and as we pray, sometimes it may seem as if God isn't responding. Have you ever felt like that? Like, Pastor, I've been praying for this and praying for this, but I don't get any answer from God. In fact, the more I pray, the worse it gets. And you get to that point where you start thinking, maybe I ought to just stop praying. Maybe it'll get better if I just stop praying. Think about how crazy that is, right? And sometimes we, God's people, can be tempted to commit idolatry. Now, I, listen, when I talk about idolatry, I'm not talking about that you are now going to fabricate some statue and just you're going to pray to that thing. No, but idolatry has various forms. The form of idolatry I'm talking about tonight is looking and trusting to any other source other than God. When we, the people of God, find ourselves in the midst of trouble, and, uh, and surely we are in a, a time of great trouble, uh, we need to be careful because we can be praying to God, and if God doesn't respond to us and we keep praying, ultimately we can find ourselves being tempted to turn our eyes away from God and put our trust in another source. And what I'm talking about, sometimes we can put our trust, uh, our hope in someone else. Someone else has got to help me because God isn't helping me. Or something has got to help me. Where we now look to and say, I, you know what, I, 
I've got this new thing that's going on. I see this going on in the internet. There's, there's this new thing that, that people start drinking this certain juice and, 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 and things begin to happen and they feel, begin to feel good. That's why we are always going to have charlatans being successful. Because some way, somehow, when there is trouble, we are, have a natural inclination. We give God a try, but then very briefly, if God doesn't respond right away, we're off and running somewhere else. We've got to fix our problem one way or another. And God is taking too long. Maybe God is never going to look. You see. And in these troubled times, we need to put and to keep our trust in the Lord. To fully hope in him. Notice I said the word fully hope in him because we are so good and so adept at deceiving ourselves. Well, I hope in God. Yeah, but are, do you fully hope in God? Because you see, if you fully hope in God, you don't need to trust and rely on anything else but God. You don't have to run after any other thing but God. And listen, it could be so subtle as, listen, making a pastor your idol. Yeah. Well, you think, if I can't get to the pastor, he's got to pray for me because I, I can't get healed if he doesn't pray for me. Or I, I, I can't get this breakthrough if pastor doesn't pray for me. What you're really saying is, he's my God. He's the source of what I need to be made whole. And I want to tell you, I don't want to be your idol. I don't want anybody to be your idol. I, want, I, I, I don't want, listen, I don't want this church. Oh, I got to get to church because if I can get to church, God's going to do something. Listen, the church can be an idol. Because suddenly, suddenly it's a subtle thing, but you are putting all your hope, all your trust in an organization rather than the one who the organization worships and, and praises. You get where I'm going with this tonight? Well, we have to be so careful with this thing because our, God looks upon our heart and says, why are you putting my tr your trust in that? Why you, you, you don't need a pastor to pray for you. You can lift up your heart and pray before God and God will hear you. Remember, we just read, God will never forget the needy, you see. In fact, I would say this, the greater the trial, the deeper our trust in the Lord has to be. And when we do that, when we put our trust in the Lord, God has given us this dual promise. And that is, number one, they will inherit the land. That means there is a physical blessing that God will provide his people when they trust in him. God knows what your situation is and the promise of God. This is not the promise of Pastor Carlos or the promise of Belmont Assembly. This is the promise of God recorded in his word forever. That those who put their trust in the Lord will inherit the land. Amen. And secondly, they will possess my holy mountain. What God is saying, those who trust in me are going to experience my presence. 
You see, because the holy mountain of the Lord was symbolic for where the presence of the Lord abided. Remember, right, when Moses went to the mountain of God and, uh, and, and it, it, it was filled with smoke and fire and thunder. That was all symbolisms to in indicate the presence of God. And God is saying, for those who put their trust in me, not only will they inherit the land of physical blessing, but they will possess, they will experience my presence. And well, that's why, brothers and sisters, this word is just to remind us that in these troubled times, we must put our trust in the Lord. Don't put your trust in the government. Don't put your trust in any elected official. And I'm not putting any of those down. I respect them all. We ought to always respect those. But our trust must be in the Lord Jesus Christ. He and he alone is the source of our strength. He and he alone is the one that could see us through and provide for everything that we need. That's that dual promise. They will inherit the land, the physical blessing. They will possess my holy mountain, that spiritual blessing of his presence. But now let me get to the heart of the matter. Sometimes our trust in the Lord is shaken because we anchor it to a time frame. Let me say that again for us. There are times where our trust in God is shaken because we have attached to it a specific time frame. Where we look at the situation where we prayed, and, and, and some of you would say, uh, we prayed for days, we've prayed for weeks, we've prayed for months, we've even prayed for years without an answer. And when that is going on, when that is happening in our lives, that's where our trust in the Lord gets tested. And sadly, often wanes. When we begin to question whether God will be faithful or not. You see, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Oh, yeah. We all say amen to that. We've been singing about God, right? We exist for him to worship him and that he's faithful. But see, all of that gets tested over time. God doesn't operate in time like you and I operate in time, right? That's what he talks about. To him, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. He doesn't record time the way you and I record time. And the problem is, in our humanity, we lift up our hearts in prayer. God, I need healing. But now, I'm attaching, whether I verbalize it or not, I am attaching a time frame to that. God, I'm giving you one week to bring about that job before I have to do something. God... I, you know, my marriage is on, going, struggling, and it looks like it's not going to end in, in divorce. God, I, I'm, do something, God, do a miracle today. Well, we won't say it verbally, but isn't it here? And we, the proof of it is when the time frame, whatever it is that we've attached to it, 
when that comes to its conclusion and God hasn't responded, now our trust gets shaken. In the book of Luke, in the first chapter, there was a man named Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was a faithful man, a priest serving God. He and his wife were barren. They were unable to have children. And now they were well past the years of having children. And uh, I could only imagine as a man whom the Bible says was righteous and faithful, serving God as a priest, Surely, he and his wife had to have prayed, right? I mean, in those days, more so than today, in those days, if you didn't have a child, the belief was there's sin in your life. And for the wife, you were considered a disgrace. So it was a heavy-duty thing to be childless. So I, although the Bible doesn't indicate Zachariah and Elizabeth had to have prayed. They had to have prayed year after year after year. And yet, in all of that, they still served God faithfully. And they were still righteous in the way they lived. And one day, he was chosen to serve in the temple of God. And God sent an angel to him and told him, Zachariah! Your prayers have been heard. In fact, the word is singular. Your prayer has been heard. Now, Zechariah, let's just put an age on it. I'm just speculating. Let's say he was in his 60s, and he probably prayed in his 20s. That's probably when they got married in early 20s. So he's probably praying for 40 years, and he's probably saying, my prayer. What prayer are you talking about? Yeah, God heard your prayer for a child. Yeah, dude, that was like 40 years ago. Yeah, you're going to have a son. Really? Right. You know, my woman, Elizabeth, I love her to death, but you know, she old. Ain't going to happen. And the angel told him, because you don't you didn't believe, you're not going to be able to speak. And then he said this in Luke chapter 1, verse 20. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Now, here's the interesting thing. The angel is telling him, Zechariah, you're going to have a son. But he never told him when. Zechariah already had a difficult time. He had been praying for so many years. And, not, and now an angel is coming and telling him that God's going to give him a son. But he still won't give him a time frame. He did, still didn't say when. He just said at the proper time. And isn't that like God? Where he gives us a promise that he's going to do something. And yes, there are times where God gets very specific and will give you a time frame. But I have discovered more often than not, he doesn't. He just says, I'm going to do this in your life. And now you and I have to trust him. Because it will come through at the proper time. God has a proper time for your miracle. 
God has a proper time for the answer to your prayer. But we've got to trust him until that time, don't we? Pastor Jason, if you would come back up, please, and help me out. See, we may not know the when, but we know the whom. We know the person who has made the promise to us that he is faithful to fulfill that promise. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. This word that God has given us to encourage all of us to trust in him. I know these are troubled times. I know that there is even a lot of confusion right now that can occur in the hearts of people wondering, God, how is all of this going to unfold? What's going to happen? Are we going to make it through this mess? Is it going to get better, God? The important thing for you and I to know tonight is you just need to trust him. Because the blessing will come if you trust him. We will inherit the land. God knows how to take care of his people. The question is, we want God to take care, take care of me now, God. And he goes, I got a proper time. Trust me, it will happen. And as you trust me, you'll also experience my presence. That peace, as Pastor Joy prayed, that passes all understanding. That people will wonder, why, why is it that you're not losing it like everybody else is losing it? Well, you know, God made me a promise. And he's never failed to keep that promise. And so I trust him. While others may not trust him, others are running to this and others are running to that. I'm going to trust in the Lord my God. Because his promise is for those who trust him, they will inherit the land and they will possess his holy mountain.